Chapter 36 October 30th, 2003, Thursday The Hospital Colors Light A jangle of noise Tad heard all this, yet didn't hear it. He was half awake, half unconscious. In his mind, he was seeing images of his old nemesis, Pogo the Clown. But Pogo was in a forest. He was entering a cabin. Pogo bent down to inspect something on the floor. Then he went to the kitchen and came back with a knife. Why is Pogo in my dreams again? Tad thought he had seen the last of Michael Clay and Michael Clay's victims. He moaned at the thought of having to see more of Pogo's gruesome handiwork. Then, in his dream, his eyes panned to the figure on the floor. The room was dimly lit. Night was falling. The male figure on the floor looked familiar. He was slight of build. His arms were tied behind his back with electrical cords. His legs, too, were bound. Silver duct tape muted the man's desperate moans. I know this man, Tad thought. It's Jenny's stepdad. Where is he? Why is he in a dream with Pogo? The larger man approached the figure on the floor with a knife. Michael Clay looked menacing, even though he had done nothing to the bound figure yet. And then he did something to the figure who lay there, helpless. He drove the knife into the helpless man's right shoulder. Gregory Tuttle, who had been semi-conscious, wriggled and squirmed and showed every sign of experiencing intense pain. To Tad, it looked like what it might resemble if a human were being put on a fishing hook as bait rather than an earthworm. There were noises coming from Gregory Tuttle's taped mouth. The noises didn't sound human. They were the sounds an animal makes when it is being slaughtered. That was what Tad began to see in his dream, an animal being slaughtered. All the while he cut and abused the bound man, Pogo spoke to him, saying things that made no sense. You could be my friend if you'd only try. I'm not such a bad guy. You'd like me if you only tried. Pogo asked the bound man questions about his home, who was there. He'd briefly lift the tape to let the man answer. He removed his captive's wallet, keys, cell phone, watch. More moans and guttural noises from the bound figure. The failure of the bound prisoner to respond intelligibly seemed to send the man with the knife into a frenzy. Why won't you try to learn to know me? Why are you like all the others? Can't you at least try? The knife flashed. Blood flew. Tad moaned as he watched the systematic, inhuman torture of another human being in his dream state. He knew this victim. It was Gregory Tuttle. Tad was still only half awake, deep in a sort of fugue state. He was not able to cry out or articulate what he was seeing. His head throbbed. When the violence in the cabin was over, Tad became almost comatose. He didn't want to emerge into awareness. Awareness would mean trying to tell others what he had just seen. No one ever believed him. He should just lie here. He, he should just remain still. Maybe if he just lay still, everything would go away. Things would return to normal. None of this would have happened. Nurses were trying to rouse him, but he didn't want to be awakened. He didn't want to be conscious. He just wanted to slip into a limbo-like dream state until all of this horror faded from memory if it ever did. How long would it take this time to try to forget? It took over a year when I was eight years old. Will it be any easier now? 
These were Tad's unconscious thoughts, and the answer he gave himself was not positive. Although he had recovered from the horror of his eighth year of life, he had done so by partitioning off his mind. He told himself that that time in his life was only a movie. He was able to retain his sanity by convincing himself that none of it was real. This time, when he actually recognized the victim, it was all too real. The constant drumming refrain that he heard in his mind, the refrain that had driven him from his family's dinner table mid-meal was, I've got to find Jenny. I've got to get to Jenny. I've got to save Jenny.